Energy Podcast with me, Dragos, your resident Labrador Energy host. <laughs> yeah, the, the comedian that is uh, that is that's a, a resident comedian at a kebab shop and also a resident comedian on a boat. Because fuck yeah, started from, from waves. And today I have with me Kate. Hello. And Kate is coming all the way from Ireland. Indeed, yeah. How's my Irish accent? Hello there, top of the morning. Is that Irish? No. Not at all, okay. Not okay, in no way. Okay, yeah. perfect, perfect. So off to a rough start here, guys. <laughs> uh, so Kate's visiting from Ireland at the moment, Berlin, and uh, she actually came to the show that we did last night in Berlin, the Eastern European Comedy Special, numero cuatro. Cuatro, hey. Yeah. yeah, like number four. Oh, it wasn't the first, it wasn't the inaugural one. No, no, it was the fourth one. Uh, so basically, you know, you guys know the drill. I don't know much about Kate, so we're going to try to figure out a bit more about what she's up to and she see if she has Labrador energy, yeah? So Kate, uh, can you give us a quick introduction? Hello, uh, my name's Kate. I am in my mid-30s. I live in Dublin and I work in healthcare. Okay, Okay, so what do, you, what do you do in healthcare? I am an occupational therapist, which is a controversial title for a job or profession. We are we like to say we're the worst named profession in the world because right. everyone says, oh, you get jobs for people. I'm like, no, we don't do that. We work in rehabilitation. This is exactly what I said before recording the interview. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, uh, you find people occupations. Okay. <laughs> you know, you uh, it is hard looking for a job. Oh, no, yeah, I hope. <laughs> I help you, I help you. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, if only, it would be way more straightforward. <laughs> we work in rehabilitation. So if someone becomes ill or has an accident, then potentially they can lose the skills. How did you end up uh, going into this area of work? Um, I always really liked the idea of healthcare. Mm-hmm. And I like rehab. I like working with people. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of the perfect fit in that. So you kind of like the opposite of Amy Whitehouse? <laughs> Alright. The other problem is the way people use the word rehab as well. It's totally associated now with um, alcohol or drugs. Right. And that's like, that's not it. You know, that's one tiny, tiny piece of what rehabilitation can be. So this is more physical and mental rehabilitation? We work in physical health settings and mental health settings. So an example of a physical health setting could be after somebody has a stroke Mm -hmm. and they might lose the use of one side of their body. Mm -hmm. So we would help that person and you know, uh, learn new ways of getting dressed mm-hmm. or washing themselves mm-hmm. or feeding themselves. Mm-hmm. And then in mental health, you'll find with various different mental illnesses, it can affect people's motivation, their energy. So mm-hmm. again, we're, we're using it or we're intervening or we're working with people to help them uh, get back to like a regular routine. And that involves getting up, washed, dressed, feeding themselves, maybe using the bus, mm-hmm. going places publicly, doing things they enjoy doing, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And is this, because I'm very curious about this part of, uh, so is this like more of a, a government sponsored type of, is this like, uh, is it like private institutions, which who oh, handle these? Really good question. So mm-hmm. it would depend on how your health services run nationally. So mm-hmm. in Ireland, we have the HSE mm-hmm. and we have OTs who work for the HSE. HSE is the? Health service executive. Gotcha. Good question. Yeah. Okay. And then again, when I started working like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. there was no jobs in Ireland. So I went to England All right. and that was the NHS and a lot of OTs work for the NHS. So you'll generally find us hanging out with physio and speech and language therapists. Okay, and how did, where did you go in uh, the UK to work there? Where did I go? Yeah. So I went, I was in Liverpool mm-hmm. for about three years okay. and then I worked in London for a year. Mm-hmm. 
So you kind of how do you how does one get in this profession? You're kind of like in a high school, and you're like, I'm gonna become an occupational uh, therapist. Yeah, pretty much. It was like initially I wanted to work in theatre mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. something in the arts, mm-hmm. and then realised just thought it wasn't possible, mm-hmm. uh, and headed on and thought, no, this this I can do. I so can work in OT. Who introduces you to the profession? Do you guys have like career fairs, or how does that kind of even come about? That's a really good question. Generally, yeah, generally you know. Someone who's already in it, mm-hmm. and they show show you the ropes, or they tell you about it, and then are you have an elderly relative who got sick, and the OT came out to the house to like put in adaptive equipment or things like that, or you were working, or you saw the work the OT did with your elderly relative and thought that's kind of cool. Right, so right. that's the two ways uh, people go into it, and then like any other profession, it's kind of how I did it. What there's a few different pathways into mm-hmm. it. So I got points in my leaving cert, which is like the aperture here. Okay. Are like the final exam you do at the end of high school. Right. The baccalaureate. Ba- oh, wow. Oh, that sounds way fancier than as we call the leaving it in cert. Romania. You do baccalaureate. <laughs> you take it and then you go. <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, <laughs> then you go leave Romania. <laughs> you get points in that. And Sorry, I'm, I'm still stuck on my Eastern European accent from yesterday. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's good to be here. Uh, so yeah, point system basically. Right. Okay. Okay. So uh, then you started doing that in Liverpool, yeah? I studied in Ireland mm-hmm. for four years, and then there was no work when I finished studying because the first recession hit. Recession one. Ah yes, yeah, recession Ooh. in two thousand and eight. So I packed my bags and went to England. Okay. And was there for about four years. Right. Whereabouts in Ireland are you from? I grew up in Limerick. And now Galway is home and I live in Dublin. Right, okay, so you're like all over the place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of am all over the place, oh, it's actually. It's just yeah. you know, one, one pit stop in Cork and then you got it. No, once you go to Cork, you don't get out of Cork. Well, and it's all the cities that I know, but I don't know much about Cork. Really? Have you ever been to Ireland? I've been to Dublin, yeah. I did a show there uh, earlier this year. Oh, okay. Like in a small pub. Actually, I thrive off Irish pubs. Uh, not in an alcoholic way, but uh, a lot of the shows that I do in Europe, because they're relatively under 100 people, I basically speak with like Irish pubs all over Europe. They Ooh. tend to be like good hotspots for expats. And they're like, hey guys, how about I come over and do a show on a Tuesday? You guys don't charge me any rent. Huh? Does that sound like a good idea? And they're like, yeah, go for it. We have a huge, like, well, huge is generous, but we have an up and coming stand up scene in Dublin. Yeah, this, I didn't go to any of the shows. I know there is a presence, mm-hmm. uh, but I basically just found out. Effectively, just found an Irish pub, which is probably just a pub in Ireland. Because yeah. <laughs> all pubs are Irish pubs in Ireland. <laughs> they're just the pub. Yeah, we, don't exactly. have to call them, we don't have to qualify it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then they're like, yeah, man, you can use uh, our top floor. If it's up to like 50 people, have at it. Which, can I ask which pub that was? I can't remember, but I can look at the if you want. Yeah, yeah, after the show. tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's was... a few good ones. Like, uh, Made of Mind does a good, it does a lot of stand-up. Mm-hmm. And she's in an alternative stand-up Thing right. That's like they're really active, like every week. Yeah, it's a nice. I mean, that's for me. Like for me, one of the things I kind of stuck with it because like I never had like a hobby that I was able to maintain for a long period of time. But then this was like, oh, okay. Well, this this, this is my lifetime. <laughs> this is my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was pretty chill. We had a lot. There was a lot of Croatians that came to the show actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, maybe it's a bit of a Croatian infestation. In Ireland, there. yeah, we've loads of Croatians. A lot of my friends. Perhaps are the word infestation is not the one we want to use. <laughs> <laughs> Influx. Influx. Yeah, we're delighted to have them. They're great workers. They're pretty <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, and uh, okay, so so you basically you kind of gone all over uh, all over Ireland, and then you ended up in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. How was that? Was that a big adjustment? It was yes, it was because it's like my first job. I was totally on my own. Mm-hmm. I started off in this like 
old age unit. Mm-hmm. So everyone was over 65. Oh my God. Is that, a lot of, is that a lot of people that are like, let's just say that's their vocabulary or like their mannerisms become a bit more you know, aggressive? Hey man, you Irish people, Romanian people here. Racist, no? No, no, in England, no, they were fine. Okay, cool. Um, no, they were fine, yeah, but it was out in this, like, small, old seaside town where old RAF pirates... Pa- pa- pilots. Pirates. <laughs> pilots. Let's just call them pirates. <laughs> went to retire. Right. And it was an old-age mental health unit and later became a dementia unit. Okay. So it was really rewarding work. Right. Uh, but it was, like, I was completely on my own at 22, 23. So what would you, what would you do on a day-to-day basis? So you would... God, I'm going back a long time now. So you'd get up, you'd head in, you'd get your hand over. Uh, you'd do a lot of work with people around washing and dressing. Mm-hmm. So um, because if people are losing their memory, mm-hmm. are losing cognitive skill, mm-hmm. um, then they're, those your everyday activities or activities of daily living, mm-hmm. as we call it in the business, are going to be impaired. Mm-hmm. So we would work with people to maintain those skills. Mm-hmm. Then you do a lot of one-to-one work, and that could be on anything, from getting someone to use the kitchen, to going out to somebody's home, to see if there's anything we needed to adapt there, mm-hmm. to uh, all different things, you know, to working with family members maybe. Right. Then it was a ward system, so uh, patients, residents would have their lunch, and then I'd probably run like therapeutic groups in the afternoon, or go to like team meetings, all those kinds of things. I was gonna say, so in that situation, do a lot of these people do their? Because I'm assuming it's in my imagination, it's like obviously, do the, the children come visit often? Or? Yes, a lot. Well, right. it depends because some people have no one. Right. You know, so it's it's and that would be what you would find and what we would find, mm-hmm. um, maybe you know twenty percent of the time. Right. Was somebody like much later in life, seventies, eighties? They'd outlived everyone, or maybe they had no children. Right. And with that generation as well, going back ten years ago, everyone we were working with had survived the war. You know, right, right, so right. Um, uh, it could be that they were completely on their own. Their memory had been going for a long, long time. They took a fall on the main street. They come into us and we realize, whoa, you know, how is this person getting by? <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, that can be. That sounds pretty intense. Because again, you're like Jesus Christ. It's mm. uh can feel super helpless, right? Mm. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's um, well, I suppose it's what you're looking into for this person is very mm. sad to see what someone used to be and what they were trying to mm-hmm. maintain and how alone they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and even it's it's hard to watch as well when someone has family members who come in because it's very very painful to mm. watch someone you know and love you know, regress and forget you. Right, right, right. Uh, forget you and lose their skills and lose who they used to be. Right. So that's a very hard thing to... Or, well, hard thing is the wrong wrong word, but it's a challenge, certainly. Right, right, right. So how does that does that affect you as well? Like, how did you adjust it? Because I'm assuming perhaps now you're a bit more accustomed to... That's a good question. I don't know. I think, you know, four years of training mm-hmm. and you did placements and stuff like that you just learn it's the job mm-hmm. um, and I've always been the kind of person in way that sounds so narcissistic that <laughs> sentence but uh, like I can separate myself from my work right. particularly that kind of work right, uh, right, right. the kind of things that get to me aren't those mm. aren't watching somebody else's pain right, okay. like I can empathise with that right. and see that it's it's difficult but I, it, 
I don't take it home with me. Right, okay. Yeah, that must be a pretty good skill to have because, again, it's... Uh... I don't know. Maybe I need to reflect on that more. How did I get that skill? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But it's it's the gig, you, you know? know? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's why you're so interested in Eastern European night. It's, uh, you know, in Eastern Europe, we repress a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm repressing stuff. Who knows? Interesting. Because, yeah, because, I, again, like, I imagine it's very... It's a lot of intense emotions. Cause I, I basically did... Uh, I did law in my uh, university. Oh, cool. And I ended up kind of moving away from it. But I remember like doing a couple of internships for criminal law. Wow. Okay, uh, how did you find that? I didn't necessarily like that. I just thought that all the, all the energy... Because basically a lot of the cases that we were dealing with were basically, you know, young uh, 16, 17-year-old youth in like the Manchester, Northern Manchester area, Greater Manchester okay. area. Did I was, you study in Manchester? Manchester yeah. Okay. And it was basically just like a uh, different kind of case of uh, violence against other youth and it's just mm. it was very like I don't know I didn't hey, really deal with it that can be very scary I yeah. think because I I have dealt with in the past um, people who may have a criminal record mm. and um, that can be intimidating definitely because I suppose you're aware of the risk yeah and I didn't really like the vibe it was just a lot of uh, like I just uh, especially like the quality of the people that, that you know end up in court for a criminal uh, you know case yeah tends to be quite uh Questionable, I guess, and they tend to uh, not. It's I guess they they tend to just lash out at everybody, right? Even though you're trying to help them, or so I was like, okay, they, this the energy was too negative. Yeah, they're incredibly vulnerable, but then yeah, like, exactly. There's this really, really scary shell around that. Yeah, like basically you know? when people are cornered or they feel like they have no other. Like, does that the element of despair? Yeah. 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 So I was like, okay, I don't necessarily want to be in this particular environment because I feel like it would start. Out, so I wasn't able to kind of to come back Continue. to the point to kind of like disassociate myself from like take myself out of the equation. Uh, actually, that's a now that you say that, mm-hmm. and I suppose reflecting on it, I think how I can take myself out of the equation is if I know I have done my job well, right? right so, right, right. like, that doesn't like at the time it would have been did I have to put in shower rails, right? Or like a shower chair, right? Or was it something more complex? Was I working with someone to like maintain this skill and get them home for another right, right, six right, right, months? You know, right, and right. did that require more right. time? But if I know that I did the job well, mm-hmm. then I can separate from it. Right. Because then you're thinking, well, okay, but had I not been there, mm-hmm. um, or had I not worked, mm-hmm. then the situation could be a lot worse. Right. So that's that's kind of a cool thing to be. Uh, able to okay. Say. I see. I see. Yes, because you were in the equation, things are much. Yeah. Better. As I had a role in it that right. could make things better. Right. Okay. okay. So uh, the stuff I would take home with me is if I felt I hadn't done a good enough job. Right. Okay. And that's when I think, yeah, okay. okay I'm, gonna, I'm about to drop a very heavy question on yeah, you. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> okay, have you ever had, like, because, you know, obviously the relationship between you and the patients lasts yeah. for a longer period of time. Have you lost any people? Have I lost people? Yes, I have. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, but everyone in healthcare has. Right, that's, right, right, right. That's yeah. the reality. Again, very good point, everyone in healthcare. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Nurses, doctors, physios, SLTs. Do the different organizations that you work for, they provide any form of like uh, services, like therapy or yeah, like support? It's funny because like 10 years ago, no one would have asked that question. Right. But now it's becoming much more important to talk about. Right. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, yeah. So I have this, and the reason why I'm asking that is because there's this story, you know like how these urban myths happen, right? Okay. So I used to live in Japan for a while. Oh, cool. And Japan has a bit of a dark side. A bit. A bit. <laughs> well, let me explain. This is about to get really fucked up. So Japan has a very big culture around cute stuff, right? So what happens is they sell a lot of puppies. Uh, and the puppies basically... <laughs> look at your face. Uh, the puppies cost around like $3,000. Uh, 
like the little Shiba Inus or the little cats, $3,000, $4,000 and people pay for them, right? But the problem is they only cost that amount of price for like the first three months because then, then they start growing out of the cuteness. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I see where this is going. Yes. It isn't puppies in a sack, is it? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. so, so basically what happens is then basically these dogs are purposely bred to be sold as pi- tiny puppies. Okay. But then if they're not sold off as tiny puppies, somebody has to basically kill, the kill them. Yeah. So there's the story about how there was this there was this one guy at the pound, whatever, his job was to basically inject them with like with like this. That is horrendous. Yeah, so his job was basically to kill puppies. Okay, okay. So his job was killing puppies and then after about uh, five, six months or like maybe about two years, I can't remember what that story was like, but basically, long story short, after six months of killing puppies, he killed himself. Yeah. And then they hired another guy, and that guy lasted for like eight months, and then he also killed himself. So then they had to implement the system where basically now they just put puppies in a box and then have an automated machine that gasses them every six hours, which is even more fucked up, right? Oh, gosh! I know, right? Who came up with that? Uh, the Japanese. <laughs> that's pretty fucked, right? So the idea is, that's why I asked, like, you know, I'm pretty sure you you can't, you know, be around death so much without affecting. It depends on your line of work. I mean... That got dark pretty fast, right? That got dark. We went, we, that took a turn, Yeah, eh? hey guys, yeah. What's <laughs> the deal with the Japanese, am I right? Okay, because I thought, is this story going to be someone fills a sack with puppies no, and no, a brick, no, no. which is arguably better than the machine. But um, the it depends on your line of work in healthcare. Right. So... Uh, like my line of work mental health right so if you're working with people old age over 65 right. you're going to see more death than potentially working with young people yeah, 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 yeah. Cause of like that's natural you know uh, but I suppose when we do see death mm-hmm. in mental health that's suicide our patients are taking their own lives and that can be very very sad mm. uh, but that's mental health you know right. a lot of it is quality of life someone might someone who's incredibly paranoid paranoid might stay in their bedroom for like six months and never right. come out so right. that arguably you know we would do a lot of work getting their skills back or building up skills to kind of right. manage right. day-to-day life but then if you worked in something like cancer care or palliative care end-of-life care that you you deal with death all the time mm. or if you work in like A&E or surgery mm. uh, so and that is it's part of the job you know and it's like we have healthcare for a reason people have to be able to deal with death right 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 you know and maybe we all as people need to deal with death a bit better (laughs) I don't know I just I I wonder I don't know about you but I've told a couple of stories about the puppies on stage (laughs) what (laughs) what are the listeners doing about this You know, it's cathartic. Let's talk about dead puppies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You talk Jesus about granddad, you know. <laughs> As one, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I got a couple of jokes that are like in that in that vein of like uh, cute but dark. Yeah. yeah. Though, like, sometimes it's, it's, some things have to die. We all, we're all going to die. Mm. And I think palliative care, that's end of life care mm-hmm. for various reasons. Um, and cancer care can be incredibly rewarding. Mm. If, again, your role or your job is to make that an easier journey right. for somebody. But this is this is mostly like disease uh, or like basically natural kind of because again disease is natural, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any is there any such thing as assisted suicide in Ireland? No. Okay, so that's only what 
somewhere mm. in Europe, right? Uh, Swiss? Dignitas, the Swiss have it. Yeah, Sweden. Yeah, yeah. Sweden. No, I think the Swiss. Maybe. Swiss, yeah, 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 the Swiss. Okay, so that's yeah. not that's different things. That's just basically just helping people making stuff easier. Yeah. Is it? Are you able to use like uh, drugs, like uh, what do you call it? ketamine or ketamine. Uh, or like uh, weed in the? No, uh, no, no, we can't use those. Okay, because no, 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 no. I know like in the US is a medicinal use. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they're also doing testing like MDMA as well stuff. Mm. Mm. I've heard about it, the therapeutic use of uh, hallucinogenics. Right, right, right. Yeah, again, I work purely rehab, right. neurology-based stuff, kind of trauma-informed care. Okay. We don't go into pharm- pharmacology. Right, okay. Okay, so let's kind of move away from that for now. To, uh, <laughs> all right, it's, a, it's a pretty strong start to the podcast. Let's uh, try to go more towards Labrador energy. Yeah. I'm on my holiday. Yeah. <laughs> talking about dead puppies. <laughs> Welcome to Berlin. Uh, about to hit up a techno club now. Poppies, 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 poppies. Wow, wow. Uh, so, well, yeah, will you come off to Berlin or is this... Uh... I come to Berlin every year. Oh, wonderful. How, what uh, what yeah. brings you to Berlin? I love the culture. Mm-hmm. I love how diverse it is. Uh, anything goes. It's really chilled out. Mm-hmm. I always come in the summer because the weather is good. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to do, you can do it in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I house sit for friends. Mm-hmm. They go back to Italy and I look after their flat and their cat. Oh. Yeah, which is nice. Uh, but they are fortunately here in Berlin, so I get to see them this year. Irish people? Or? No, they're Italian. Oh, Italians, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mark your cats. Because uh, they have a cat, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to see them uh, this year, which is great, and I got an Airbnb in Vedding. Okay, okay, perfect. Uh, which is a lot of. Yeah, what else do I like? I love, like, the, this is mad, but the Cold War really fascinates me. Right. Um, I think that whole the idea of like the wall coming down and everyone's world changing overnight and that was within our lifetime yeah yeah, I mean it's definitely I was five years old yeah I'm pretty sure I grew up in the in the basically aftermath of that yeah yeah Yeah, because you had like that you know the post-communist era where you know post-communism not as fun as communism (laughs) yeah that is so true yeah yeah a lot of yeah uh, Yugoslavia communi- would say something similar because <laughs> in communism at least everybody has jobs in post-communism everybody has stray dogs <laughs> that's the joke <laughs> like that's, that that's what it is yeah and it's less nobody has any idea what the fuck's happening right you know at least in communism you know that if you keep your mouth shut you know <laughs> things are gonna be the same <laughs> Yeah. Not okay, the same. <laughs> Not okay, the same. But that yeah. you know that it's yeah that it's question of what you prefer. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But then I obviously have, after post comments one things you know there's more Pokemon now so <laughs> that was a good thing. <laughs> um, what else do I? I love that so I can talk to people about their memories mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of East Germany. You speak with, are you speaking in German or? Uh, yeah, I I learned German in secondary school and mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it's not it's not bad, mm-hmm. but it's never going to be as good as my German friend's English. So. Right, 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 right. You got to get that sort of And also, uh, we we write a lot in Ireland. Our education system is really scribing based, or mm-hmm. it certainly was when I was in right, it. Right. And uh, so I I find that I can write German really well mm-hmm. and read it really well, but then someone starts talking to me and I'm like what is this accent they're using they're right <laughs> yeah I think that's quite normal for a lot of people learning languages because yeah. again you you have to even listening is something you have to practice right 100% yeah. yeah it's almost a totally different way to learn the language right um, so, so you're mostly interested in the that aspect of like the this kind of like frozen in time slash world affected 
change of, of Berlin. Yeah, I, but I think the thing is, it isn't frozen in time. Everyone remembers it, but mm-hmm. the city has gone on and developed, yes. you know, and gone in so many different directions, yes. which I love. And I like, there's a real, there's beauty to Berlin's functionality because mm-hmm. everything works. Mm-hmm. And if you just look at a regular street, you just glance at it, mm-hmm. everything looks the same. But actually, when you look a bit closer, every building is different right, right, right. and I love that you know and then you'll find like this crazy art deco building right beside this industrial neo-communist right, building right, right, right. and then something just that's tiled and like bright red and green right <laughs> and then especially now like it's becoming more uh, I mean there's a lot of people complaining about gentrification yeah and also yeah. there's a lot I mean have you seen this place that we're recording oh my this gosh I like I thought I walked into Google or something yeah it's yeah insane. this is like the, the, the point zero for gentrification you know this is it was so hip on the way in here that I was like are they going to ID me or test me like ask if I listen to Fleet Foxes what's yeah. going on yeah because the thing is this is basically it's called a factory and they remodel the whole kind of you know factory industrial so factory Cool. Into like a startup kind of venue of sorts. Everything looks so comfy. There's technology everywhere and lots of art and nice art. Yeah, it's pretty chill. I mean, it can get a bit distracting because basically everybody's a freelancer of sorts. So everybody's like a designer or like there's a couple of random jobs like sustainability, people are making clothes out of, I don't know. Okay, plastic, recycled plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, like soy fiber or something. Yeah. Every time I come into one of these buildings, mm-hmm. I think I am not cool enough to be here. <laughs> I, I mean, help people transfer on and off a toilet. They don't want me in this building. <laughs> nah, I'm pretty sure it's it's very. Uh, I mean, basically, we have to just you know just gotta add soy to your job, and then you're. No, I'm a, I'll help rehabilitate people that were you know carnivores that they're moving to veganism. <laughs> veganism, yeah, moderate new wave OT. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So this is what I do, and you know I do this for a specific type of people. It's mostly uh, you know basically retiring DJs. <laughs> <laughs> retiring DJs with acid flashbacks. Exactly, ah. exactly, exactly. So if you have that, they're like, oh, okay, we we uh, yeah, I can see this is need. Yeah, we need yeah, more of that. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's gluten, gluten tag. <laughs> Gluten, yeah, gluten fry, yeah. <laughs> and, and okay, so basically, uh, any particular plans, any particular part of Berlin? You, you into the, the techno scene, you into the drug scene, you into the any scene? Um, no, to all of those. Okay. I didn't know there was an eighty scene. <laughs> um, I again, Cold War, love that stuff. Right. Love the whole ex spy thing. Right. The whole wall. Yeah, the wall. The, the wall. Uh, so, uh, there, have you seen the website Abandoned Berlin? No. Oh my god, it's so cool. So it's a guy who blogs about going to these different... Write it down. Yeah, check it out. Uh, a guy who blogs about going to these different abandoned sites in Berlin. Right. And some of them are so cool. So I usually check out his website to see what's new. Is it like squatting place, squat place as well? No, they're not squats. Some of them could... People mm-hmm. could be squatting, mm-hmm. some of them. It's Berlin. Right, right. Everyone squats. Right. <laughs> but... Uh, no, they're just abandoned buildings, which can be really eerie. So, like, old cinemas, right. all that kind of stuff. Uh, Tufelsberg was on it, right, okay. which I am going to go to tomorrow. Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah, it's class. So, do you know Teufelsberg? I don't think I know. No, it's... I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Teufelsberg. Uh, it means Devil's Hill. And it oh, okay. was an artificially made hill made from all the rubble in Berlin after the World War. Okay. And it was... Uh, it's in the Grunewald. Right. And it was... Um, <clears throat> So the hill is artificially made and on top of it they put two listening posts and radio stations for the West to listen in on the East oh. as the Cold War escalated. Right, right, okay, that's yeah. pretty interesting. It's cool, but now, so you walk through the Grunewald for about 40 minutes an hour and then you find all the wire 
you pay in now because they've realised it's a tourist thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you head around to the end. The station is like, you know, tears of a cake. You mm-hmm. go up and then there's two domes at the top. Now, the tallest tower is closed, obviously, because mm-hmm. people are going to fall through. Right. But uh, the two domes are like these great, they have great acoustics in them. So bring a bit of music. Right, you know, right, If you're right. a musician, it's cool. If you're a dancer, it's kind of right. cool. I should check it out, yeah. The thing is, because I'm only here during summer. Uh, oh. So I moved, only moved here in September. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah then I was living brilliant. in Estonia before. I don't know if you remember the Estonia jokes that I did yes, yesterday. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Estonia is like Norway if Norway was made in China. <laughs> what brought you to Estonia? I was just working there for a company. I was working in Singapore before and then I ended up uh, moving to Estonia. So I had a bit of a combo with the background. Um, but uh, uh, I was going to say, so yeah, you came to the Eastern European Comedy Night last night, yeah? Ah, I Any it. thoughts on that? You see, this is this worked out quite well because you have an interest in all this Cold War Stuff, moments. Yeah. And how did you find the evening? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I found it really funny. I think I was telling you before, I have friends who are Croatian, which may or may not be Eastern Europe. They can decide. That's not for me to decide. <laughs> but <laughs> Thanks for geography to decide, guys. But we make jokes about communism and stuff like that. Right, right. Because they remember it having had Yugoslavia. And uh, we make jokes about their accent. And also there's kind of things that... Eastern Europeans have amazing English and mm-hmm. it's perfect, but we lose stuff in translation. Right, you know, right, right, which right. I was saying to you before we started, and that's it's just hilarious. It's really funny. <laughs> so did you hear that, guys? Come to the next event, buy tickets. For yes, the and it's so special. reasonable. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, t- ten quid for like two hours of good comedy. Yeah, it's pretty. Berlin is pretty cheap, but people are still cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Berlin is cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, you know we're trying to do like a monthly thing now, just uh, get that some like Eastern European pride going on. Yeah, know? we have something for our own. You know, <laughs> no, it was great. Uh, I, there, was, there was a Ukrainian guy out. Mm-hmm. He was hilarious. Yeah, Pablo was funny. Yeah, very very funny. And a Slovenian. Yeah, lady, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh, that was so good. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's actually and a really, Polish lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we did quite a good job of like mixing the the genders as well. Yeah. So because yeah. there are people, you know, basically now that and then this is one of the things is like once you need somebody to kind of step up and be like, oh. Oh, this guy can do what I can do. Mm. You know, I can, you know. So then we have a couple of people coming onto the scene. And, you know, we have Polish, Slovenian, uh, there's another lady from Russia. Uh, we have, no Bulgarians yet. Uh, Czech people, not yet. But... Uh, we should get you a scratch map and you just put a for, line oh, through yeah, East, Eastern yeah, yeah, European yeah. country we do. Yeah, we do. And, you know, it's, it's fun because, um, and I think also the morale, not the morale, but like just the mindset slightly more diffi- different than Eastern Europe because people are less... Yeah. Less sensitive, I guess. Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, we've uh, th- I talked to a friend of mine who works in a lab at home, mm-hmm. and uh, we talk about how we want to work with more Eastern European ladies because they are straightforward mm-hmm. and they get the job done. Yeah. They're blunt, yeah, but that's good. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of you know beating around the bush. It's not a lot of uh, trying to protect people's feelings. You know, yeah. we have a job to do. We are going to do it or not? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But it's, which is quite unique in Ireland because Irish people don't like that. Right. You've got to be like, ah, you know, and kind of laid back and talk around it and use kind of soft, kind of wee meh, crap language. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, cut to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes we, or no? We're doing shit or not? You know, yeah. I have uh, I have borscht eat at four o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no time for this. <laughs> Lock closes at five. Okay, it's like, it's okay so that, that was pretty uh, interesting experience you had here. Uh, and then what about let's talk a bit more about like uh, you know your place of birth your place of you know actually Dublin not your place of birth the place where you live where now. I live Dublin yeah, yeah for well, people that don't know Dublin let's uh, talk a bit more about that Dublin is probably the most expensive place you could live right now I'm sure they haven't like I 
think something came out recently saying mm-hmm. like third most expensive city in the world. To what live does in. that mean in terms of how much is rent, for example? Rent, okay. Take a guess. Thousand. Okay, so let's say for a month, what what are you going to guess? Well, okay, so let's say if we're taking an apartment, let's say a studio, is it like thousand euros? Two people in an apartment? Yeah. No way. So no. you're looking for a two bedroom apartment yeah. in Dublin? I would say you'd be looking at two grand. Oh, really? Fuck, mm. that's getting San Francisco prices. Crazy, crazy stuff. Like, what? I lived in London, and right. you'd, think, no, you'd think Dublin is never going to surpass London right. when it comes to renting right. our house prices. I would say we're leaving Dublin, uh, London in the dust right now. Wow. Um, it's crazy. Why is that? Why is the sudden increase? We don't build enough houses, and we right. didn't. Uh, and like if you, there's a lot there Europe designs cities really well and right. they are happy to go up mm. you know and people have apartment living apartment living is great another mm. reason why I like to come to Berlin all right. the apartments work and everything's nice and clean uh, but in Ireland we don't have that so like lots of house shares on average someone would be sharing a house with maybe two to three other people right. so maybe four people in a house and mm. everyone would be paying a good rate would be six fifty a month. Right. Okay. But like on for a, like a half for a half for, for room. your room in the house and you share, you know, the Damn. living room, bathroom, and kitchen. That's not bueno. It's no. getting expensive. Mm, not bueno at all. No bueno indeed. Is it is it the tech companies as well? Because I heard a lot of tech companies start putting their offices in Ireland for tax reasons. Uh, they have. That's true. Right. And then you think, oh, that's great. It ups employment. But they set up these like, I don't know. I don't want to use the word gulag, but kind of modern day, like slave living mm-hmm. for 20 year olds, right. where they just keep them in the building all the time, give them food because right. they don't have the life skills to make their own, mm. <laughs> uh, give them food, give them uh, entertainment, all this stuff, right. short term contracts so they don't have to deal with them when they get ambitious or get good at what they do. Right. And then they also are now bringing all this like hive or pod living mm-hmm. stuff up mm-hmm. where they put them up and they oh, share these yeah, like yeah, fancy yeah, yeah. hostel oh, places. Yeah, it's like basically back in communism. Exactly. You know, it's like, yeah, this is a company quarters. You uh, live here with other people. You share 12 people, share a room. You will do go in factory. <laughs> you do go in factory now. Yeah, you go factory, then you shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's, I mean, essentially, right. broad outline, same thing, right. you know. Uh, and that kind of annoys regular renters in their mid thirties right, who right, kind right. of eventually want to buy a house in Dublin because this yes. is that between that and Airbnb, we can't afford to live in Dublin anymore. So I'm in Dublin for now, but don't know how long I'll be able to afford to live there. Right, right. Yeah, 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 it's very interesting. It's happening all over the place now. You know, start off yeah. San Francisco, the other places of Berlin is not here yet, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna come in the next ten years. What's the average rent in Berlin? Uh you get away with like five hundred euros for like a room. For a room? No, you give 400. Depends how far away you want to be from the center. Oh, okay. Uh, I pay 400, for example. I have a room and I pay 400. Okay, and is that like shared apartment? Yeah, it's me and another guy. Okay. okay. Yeah, so it's that's great. Yeah. But, yeah, but great. I, I know people that have like their own studio, like two room apartment for like 700. Oh my gosh. Uh, and See, it's kind of like, but they've had it for like three, four years, and I think mm. they have some like rent protection schemes. Mm. Uh, so they're kind of really locked out there. But mm. uh, yeah, yeah they have, haven't they? They have, yeah, because they've been living there for like two, three, four years. And apparently, like, you get like a flat, like, you know, four or five years ago, like 300 euros. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's but in, in, now there's a big thing about how prices have been, you know, increasing aggressively. Aggressively, yeah. So it seems to be like a common theme everywhere. Oh, no, capitalism. Yeah, see, this is it. Yeah, this is <laughs> That was one thing I really liked where uh, 
Yeah, uh, this is a joke I have with a friend as well back home. Oh, a joke? <laughs> well, a kind I'm of a comedian, I like jokes. A funny observation. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, because we have a mutual friend from Budapest. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hungarians. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah they, like the, they like to call themselves Central Europeans. Um, pre- no, they were definitely Eastern Bloc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? That's why I keep telling them, that they're, no, 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 we are a Central Europeans. Sure. You know, Austro-Hungarian Empire, we are better. <laughs> they have that whole statue to uh, your man, the American president. Which one? Oh, uh, the, uh, Nixon. No, Nixon, not, Nixon. not Nixon. Probably, no. uh, what's the other one? The uh, guy who started Star Wars. Star Wars? Star Wars, so the space race with Russia. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, maybe it's Eisenhower? No, no, God, the guy in the 80s. He was after Nixon replaced no for Reagan. Reagan, Ronald Reagan. Reagan, Reagan well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they have this whole statue of Reagan. Right. And he's walking towards the Russian embassy, and they're like, "We love this guy in Hungary." Right. And I was looking and going, "Why?" And they said, "Oh, because he started Star Wars, which made Russia put all the money into the space race, mm-hmm. which meant that uh, you know they couldn't afford it to sustain." Right. Eastern Europe anymore. Right, 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 right. So right. that's why it all came down. Right, gotcha. Yeah, that's a good plan. Yeah, well, was the moon landing faked or not? Oh, oh. Ah, that was a conversation. My mother, who remembers it mm-hmm. clearly and was in America at the time, is adamant that it happened. And it probably did. Mm, probably did, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think they can lie that well for that long. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, I don't know, yeah. Why not? It happened. But the thing is, yeah, the, I just don't know enough to say yes or no. But I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it. Oh, yeah, but we were talking about the capitalism thing, right? right. And the uh, the kind. Of, are we looking at the collapse of capitalism? Right. And our our uh, Hungarian friend is like, why are you so obsessed with this? I mean, we saw capitalism fall already. There'll be something else, like right, your right, mate right, said right. last night. You're like, why? Like, it's been done. Like, come on, come up with something new. Because a lot of uh, alternative theatre and stuff and. Ireland at the moment is looking at that, but what happens if capitalism collapses? Right. That sort of dystopia. Right, 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 right. Okay, that's because uh, everybody's so frustrated about the rising uh, price of accommodation. A rising price of accommodation, what's happening internationally. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, looking at Brexit, if Europe falls, that's the collapse of capitalism. Oh, I, th- I think, to be honest, like, uh, you, have you seen Maria Kondo? You know who Maria yeah, Kondo is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cleaning Marie. lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. There, she cleans things. Pretty much, yeah. The gig, pretty, yeah. Pretty much, that's the gig, yeah, exactly. Pretty much. The cleaning lady. Uh, Sorry, so, that probably sounds neat. <laughs> no, no, it's the Japanese cleaning lady. She's, that's very accurate, you know. Uh, but anyway, we're, basically, she has that. I was trying to do a joke about how, uh, you know, how Maria Kondo's strategy is like you take something, you see if it's part of joy, if it doesn't, you throw it away. No joy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I think that's, that's uh, the same approach Europeans have taken to the whole Brexit thing. We've taken the Britain in our hands. Does Britain's part joy? No. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to be fine. You can the UK. No joy. No joy. No joy. See you later. Good. Yeah, well, that's, that's what it looks like. Uh, my we'll see mo- how that happens. This whole Boris concentration is, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. My theory is they needed someone. My theory is they don't want to leave because they've realized they can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that they need someone as ridiculous as this whole situation has been to be able to stand up in front of the voting public and say, whoops, we made a mistake. Yeah, 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 yeah. And can you really imagine any other politician doing it aside from him? Best case scenario. Yeah. Otherwise, he's this psychopath who's mad on leaving Europe and, I think, and will. See, that's the thing. That might be the actual situation. And they'll end up in some bizarre quasi-dictatorship. 
which is which I, you know, I don't know. This might happen. You know, Scotland fucks off, then London becomes independent, and then you have the Midlands. London cuts itself off and sails into the Channel. Yeah, yeah, they go join Spain. <laughs> or France. Exactly. They'd like France. It's France, yeah. Yeah, they'd like France. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but like, oh, this has been a very, a very, very heavy uh, conversation. Went from killing puppies to uh, the fall of capitalism, yeah? Yeah, this is very Berlin. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd like to take credit for that, but I think it was a team effort. I think so too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's very dark Eastern European humour. I think I think that's good. It's you know it's coming up. And, I, and that's one of the things I like, um, the other stuff that I was saying, like, uh, I was trying to do a joke the other day, but I forgot to do it, was the fact how, you know, you know you've had every every particular, uh, you know, group of people have had their moment in the past couple of years. They had, you had Black Panther, you've had Crazy Rich Asians. I can't wait for the oh. Eastern European moment. <laughs> Stray Dogs. Stray Dogs. Yeah. Straight up. A movie from Eastern Europe. This week on Straight Up. Yeah. <laughs> That's Khrushchev, no more rice. <laughs> no more rice. No, stop, stop. Don't pull on the floor. Go on. <laughs> Straight okay. dogs. Good boy, good boy. Straight dogs. Uh, no, uh, is there anything? I think we're coming in on 40-something minutes now. Way. Okay. That okay. went probably pretty fast. It did, actually, didn't yeah. it? You know, cool. time flies. We're talking about dead dogs and capitalism. capitalism yeah. Dead dogs. Oh, dead dogs. Dead dogs is funny you should say that because. Uh, <laughs> funny you should. Speaking of dead dogs, I just murdered one. <laughs> King of dead dogs of Eastern Europe. Uh, I was again getting lost in translation, talking to my Croatian friend. Right. And he was saying what we watched on Netflix. This is a few years ago when Netflix was you know, cool and new. Right. And DVD to based. Us, to us, yeah. Right, right. No, before it was DVD, or after it was DVD right, based. Right. And he said, oh, yeah, I like to watch uh, dead, what I thought was dead dogs. And I said, what's dead dogs? And he goes, you know, dead dogs, where people talk about stuff that they're experts on. Like, have I seen dead dogs? Is this, like, in European thing? Like, dead dogs. I realised he was saying TED Talks. TED Talks. And I just didn't oh, understand the accent. That's super funny. I like watching <laughs> dead dogs. You know, it's, it's the moment where the life leaves the body is good. It's very good directing. The light Levi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. Uh, very good directing. They really Wonder capture. God. Yeah. Then, then you see body. You know, one first fly sits on nose. Then you know. Fuck. The cold marble descends in the room. Dog is dog. <laughs> Then you put slowly in back and throw it. <laughs> put slowly in back with a rock and stone. Ah, uh, exactly, yes. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. All right, awesome. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we kind of wrap it up? Let's leave it there. I think we only had two of our themes, did we? Uh, I think oh, we had a bit of Dublin. We got, got a bit of Dublin. We got my job in. Yeah. And Eastern Europe. Yeah, Eastern Europe, sorry, yeah. Sorry, I, I forget. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, it's a thing we've managed to... I should have been more positive about Dublin. Uh, yeah, great. Like, yeah, let's say something, some positive stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, when I went there in April, it was super rainy, and I was like, oh my God, this is the worst. Super. Ironic you should say that, because I'm in Berlin at the moment, and I fucking swam here. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. So, okay, tell us some, some positive uh, aspects what of Dublin. What is positive about Dublin? Dublin, what I love about it, and what I love about living in a city, is you can't sink it. It always survives. There's real, like, because when the recession hit, that mm-hmm. was huge. It mm-hmm. hit Ireland really badly. And it hit... Dublin quite badly but you know we survived Mm -hmm. and um, I love how there's always something starting in Dublin and actually the recession was a great time to go there because a lot of artistic communities started to get off the ground Mm -hmm. and I think recessions can be good for artists because like well we're not going to make any money anyway so let's work (laughs) let's let's work on this let's do what we want to do uh, so that there was a great vibe around the city of kind Mm -hmm. of surviving and there was an optimism to it, mm. which I liked. And I liked how it went from, like, everyone drinking 
uh, Prosecco and champagne and, you know, eating prosciutto to suddenly craft beer being cool and everyone to hang out in, like, start-up Mexican restaurants where things were cheaper and stuff. That was cool. Okay, that's pretty interesting. So that's the kind of place that thrives under, you know, hostile environments. Well, yeah, or adversity. Yeah, there you go. And one thing about it is there's great character in Dublin. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful city as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I also, like, growing up as a kid, Mm -hmm. you got to go, in Limerick, Mm -hmm. you got to go to Dublin maybe once a year. Right. It's far away, train's expensive, very long drive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Dublin was like, it was this really cool place. Mm -hmm. And now I live there, which I think is pretty cool. I'm like, man, this is this is home. Does he feel like, oh, this is? I've made it. Yay, yeah, I'm in Dublin. I'm an adult living in Dublin. I'm an adult. Wow. The New York of Ireland. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, we're certainly acting like it's New York at the moment, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. For you rent wise, right? Yeah, rent wise, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because I've never lived in like the the major city in in, in Romania, Bucharest, because I kind of left right after I grew up like a smaller city in Romania. Bucharest is meant to be beautiful. Sorry? Bucharest is meant to be beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty beautiful. I mean, it's, if you like the whole communist vibe, it's pretty nice. But it has like a bit of a pre-war, pre-communist kind of vibe as well. So more of the medieval. It used to be called like Little Paris. Mm. So it has like some aspects of like the old town that look a bit more, cool. uh, what's the word? Uh, a bit more bohemian? Yeah, yeah. Artistic, yeah. I suppose. Or, then, yeah, bohemian, yeah. Then you have like the massive kind of house apartment that looks just basically, it is one square on top of another square on top of another square. Functional you know? square. Blocks. Corners. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good corners, yeah. Uh, so I haven't actually... But it's also changing quite a lot nowadays as well because of the whole... You know, there's a lot of outsourcing from a tech side going into Romania. Yeah. A lot of people speak good English. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, Are, have you a massive, like, efflux of young people? There was a lot of... There was a, there, was a, there was a big one uh, when we joined the European Union in 2008. Mm, like, yeah. Uh, so about, like, you know, basically, if you look at the, the statistics... Romania used to have like 22 million people, I think early 2000s. Okay. And then now it's like 18. Oh my God. That's a lot of people fucking off, yeah. That is a lot of people. Croatia would say something similar, I think. Yeah, yeah. So Ireland was the same in the 80s, mm. but that was because there was no work. Right. And everyone went to America. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's why so many Irish from Boston, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. That kind of goes back as well. Mayflower and stuff? The f- no, the Mayflower is... Um, that's way older. Well, yeah, that's yeah. like the settlers in the right, states right, from right, right. England. Right. Uh, no, that go- lots of Irish immigration. The time it first hit was the famine, so right. the eighteen forties. Right, right, right. Uh, where the population were starving. Right. So everyone got on what they would have called coffin ships because mm-hmm. so many people died in transit. Right. That they reached America in a coffin. Right. Okay. And were put to sea. Okay. Another dark moment. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, here we go. I'm telling you, so the Irish was, people are kind of like Eastern Europeans of that part of the world. That was our biggest uh, mass exodus. Mm. And then the next one was, so people either went to England or went to America right. for the famine. Right, right. And then after that, the next one was like the 80s. Though people, like we had a long tradition of immigration. Right. Yeah, but until you, recently, actually. I mean, Irish pubs everywhere, right? Irish Irish pubs everywhere, and right. like Ireland was always small. Right. You know, so right, right. people were always leaving. Right. Makes sense. How big is Ireland population wise? Population wise, I don't know. The last time I used to look at this stuff, it was like five million, maybe. Okay. It's That's higher now. I think it's gotten much bigger recently. Right. Because surprisingly, yeah, Romania is thirty two million, pretty big country, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of people just went over to Spain and uh, Italy just because the language is so similar. Is it? Yeah, it's very similar. They both, the Romanian is a Latin-based language. Like, 60% of the vocabulary is very similar to Italian. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are just like, oh, ciao, ciao. 
También, I guess. Yeah, we are also chao. That we are also chao. Uh, for example, like in Italian, if you want to say good evening, it's uh, buona sera. In other words, in other words, it's buona sera. Ah, hence the no bueno earlier. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just me. No, we don't really say it. But yeah, you can use that as well. And I check. Well, Romanian is kind of like nui bine, which is like nui bueno. Cool. Close. Okay. All right. Because one thing Irish people are not good at is uh, growing up with a European language. So I mean, I just guess just generally is English speakers are not very good at that, right? Uh, yeah, we are English speakers. So we have our native language, Gaelga, or Irish. Do you speak that? I do, yeah. Well, how do that, they still teach that in schools, or how does that They work? teach it in schools, yeah. I don't speak it as well as right. I should or could. Right, right. But then there'd be regions of the country which are Gaeltacs, so right. na- and everyone speaks Irish there. And there'd be schools that only speak Irish. Do your parents talk to you in, like, Irish, or...? Um, my father was from Inishmore, one of the Aran Islands, which was like the Gaeltuk off right. the coast of right. Galway. Um, so he would be a native Irish speaker, and then Mom would have would have done it in school, but spoke English. So I spoke English growing up mostly. Right, Dad okay. and I would have talked Irish sometimes, but not right. not as much as we probably should have. <laughs> just, just for the giggles. <laughs> no, we would have talked it, but yeah, not not so much. It's right. funny, it, it like the dialects and stuff break up. It, Can you say something in Irish? What would you like me to say? I say like, uh, the this has been a great podcast. Uh, uh, hope you guys translate this with Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh no, I don't think I can say that. Hold on a second. So, because I'm switched to German at the moment. So, Tommy, na na na. So, ta on ta on podcast creek na anish ag is viche anawa. Okay. Sounds, sounds legit. So I said we are finishing the podcast now, and it was very good. Okay, well that's that's a good note to kind of leave it on. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Thank and, you very uh, much. That's that. pretty pretty labular energy with hints of darkness. With hints of darkness, hints like of a dark. black lab. The black lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like a like a like a what do you Hunting call it? Like a shelter dog. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot. Thanks again once uh, once more, and uh, enjoy the rest of your time in Berlin. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dragos. Thanks for having me. Thanks. There you go. Hey, this is uh, Dragos. I want to let you know that you can sign up for my mailing list in order to get updates from me at dragoscomedy.com. Just go there, put your name, your email, and I'll send you updates whenever I'm up to new podcasts, new shows, or in, in your area. You can also find me on Instagram at Dragosh Comedy or Facebook Dragosh Christian Comedy. Thanks a lot, and uh, catch you guys in the next podcast.